Okay. And we're recording. Okay. Hi, I'm Shania. And I'm Alita. And you are listening to the 21st episode of Making It Women in Film. A podcast where we sit down with women working in the film and TV industry to talk about their journey, experiences, advice, and the importance of diversity in front and behind the camera. Today we are here with script supervisor Jane Houston. She has worked on a variety of different shows from Shameless, Picky Blinders, Killing Eve and the new Netflix movie starring Millie Bobby Brown and Nola Holmes. Welcome Jane, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you, yes. Yeah, those are all quite relatively recent um, projects really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll get down to all the nitty-gritty stuff, but... um... So, so when did you first find out that you wanted to do this work in this industry? And was it like an interest you'd always had or was there something that just sparked it and you knew that this was what you were going to do? No, I, I'm slightly different than a lot of people because my father worked at Granada Television in Manchester and mm. uh, my mum, um, because in, those, in the 60s, it was um, very much a family business and people, there was a lot of parties and everything. So my mum de- decided that she was, she either had to let dad go away and enjoy himself and everything, or she got involved too. So she decided she'd get involved. And she had a lot of friends who did the job. I mean, production assistant is what we were called um, in the television companies. Um, and so she would meet up with a group of them every Saturday morning who were all friends of my dad's and and I used to go along sometimes and meet them in Kendall Mills in Manchester which is a big department store and was quite posh in those days and I'd sit and listen to their lives and what they'd done the people they'd met the places they'd been and I just thought that's what I want to do and so from being probably seven or eight I knew what I wanted to do which yeah and most people haven't even heard of the job um by then you know it's something that because it's it's not one of the sort of most glamorous of the jobs so you know it's not it's not the traditional route that people take in filmmaking um so and I I love it and I have always loved it I know a lot of people use it as a stepping stone to something else but for me it's it's what I love doing and well um be retiring fairly soon anyway so I'll probably always do it Before we get into how you started your career, can you talk a little about your job as a script supervisor and what that job entails? Yes, it's. I mean, it's a very complicated job, and one of the one of the, um, the things that I love about it is the fact that it's one of the few jobs on a film set where you are involved with every single department. And that's what I love because you talk to everybody from the leading lady to, you know, the security, everybody. You talk to everybody and you're involved with everybody. And that's a re- that's makes it more interesting to me. But um, it's the sort of thing that people really know about the job is the continu- continuity. So you make sure that the film will cut together or the TV series. So um that there aren't mistakes you know the the classic the cigarettes in a different hand or it's that long in one shot and it's that long in the next shot it's all those sort of things that's the sort of the the thing that everybody knows about the job but there's so much more to it than that um and we we will start work um way before shooting um begins and breaking down the script so that um everybody will know what 
what story day, um, story days, times of day, and you check the script for, for continuity as well. So not just continuity of action, but just so that the story makes sense. And that, um, that's one of the things I love is the, the storytelling side of it. And if you're lucky and you work with a director who is collaborative, then you can get involved in that side. And if you're on board early enough, you can get involved in the, the script. And, and I love that. And that, to me, it is, it's more about that than telling an actor which hand they had something in. That's one of the lesser important parts of the job. Um, so you do that, you do a breakdown, you time the script as well, which is, um, that's, that's my least favourite part of the job, because it's, it's a very imprecise art. You've got, you just basically sit in a room and act this, the script out um, and try and decide how long each scene will be. But you've no idea really how an actor's going to play a scene. The action scene, some directors want to really milk each beat sometimes it's really pacey and fast so it's it, it's quite it is quite a difficult job to do to do properly anyway so i will always try and have a, a conversation with the director and sometimes the producer before our time a script so that you know what their vision is so you know what they want from the show what sort of pace they want um you know, films are different than TV because TV is very limited. You've only got a set running time, whereas with a film, you've got much more time. Um, so that, so that's so timing. So you break, break the script down, timing. Um, and then on set, you obviously checking for continuity um, of, of action. Um, uh, Check, and then we make the notes for the editor as well. So we're the sort of liaison between set and the cutting room because the editor never comes to set. So, but needs to know why you went again or why you can't use certain takes, what, what the director's vision was, what he intended a shot for. Um, so we do copious notes about the, um, that take was no good because the dialogue was wrong or the lighting was wrong or the director didn't like the performance. So you do that, you do um, what we call a marked up script or a tramline script that shows the, you basically draw lines all over the scenes so that you can show the editor which part of the scene each shot is meant to cover. And um, that's a very important part of, of the paperwork. Um, and also, you time each scene as well, so and do a progress report at the end of the day, so that the production will know exactly what you've shot, um, whether you've dropped any scenes that need, will need rescheduling, or whether you've completed the day, whether you've shot any scenes that weren't scheduled for that day that you've brought forward, um, how many setups you've done, um, how many minutes you've shot, and whether the minutes you've shot are what you estimated them to be or whether they're longer or shorter so that they can get a, a picture of whether you, you're shooting enough material or not enough. Um, because obviously if you're shooting far too much, they might want to make cuts. And if you're not shooting enough, then they're gonna need extra material. So it's, it's fairly concentrated when you're on, in a shooting day. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's loads of other things that we do as well. <laughs> That's the basic. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, that sounds intense. Uh, so do you work alone or is it as a team of supervising or how, how do you go about um, that? Normally alone, although um, it, because it, it is getting harder and faster, you know, sometimes you have two, three, well, two cameras is more or less the norm now. So just making notes for two cameras, just watching two cameras is quite difficult. Um, so certainly on a film, you would normally get an assistant to help you with your notes and just generally sort of help you. Um, and we are trying more and more to get that on television, but it's hard. And especially now with COVID, because they want fewer people on set, not more. So it is really hard to get an assistant, but we really could do with them because the hours are so long. And, you know, quite often you have to go home and, and work for a couple of hours at the end of the day. Depends. If you've been, if you're in a studio, you can normally keep up. But if you're outside in the pouring rain, you need to do paperwork at the end of the night. So the days can be long. Mm -hmm. Now, there was one thing that you talked about with the timing, the scripts and that, which I found interesting. How do you, what are your thoughts on the one page, one minute uh, industry standard? Because it's something I hear, but then when I write, I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah. What it, do you think it, about that? I really think that that's, I mean, yes, it's good. You can look at a script and you say, you see 52 pages, uh, which is, and you sort of, you think, oh, it'll be probably 55, 56 pages. I would, you know, but again, it depends on the writer. It really does depend on the writer. Um, I've done a lot of Jimmy McGovern material and his uh, material would, I would say, would always be a minute and a half per page. Um, Paul Abbott, who wrote Shameless, and that I would say his is probably 45 seconds per page. Mm. So, but again, that's not a hard and fast rule for them either. You know, obviously every project is different, but it's no, I I I think the page um per minute, a uh, minute per page is it's a guide. It's very much a guide. Yeah. And how did you first get involved in script supervising? Yeah, I think it's very different now than when I started because um, I started at a television company and um, we had to do everything. We had to do live TV, news, um, Coronation Street, because I worked at Granada, um, light entertainment, documentaries. Um, so you got to learn everything, you know, and live TV, although it it's very very different than script supervising it it's a great to it's a great um it sort of trains you because you have to think on your feet very fast and you have to make decisions fast because obviously it's going out there and then so you do have to make decisions um so i i do think that helps because quite often on set you, you know an actual ask you a question you've got to give a split second decision you've got you know um so so that, my first job, um, well, I started in, in production and my first job was um, Brideshead Revisited, um, which was a made, you know, massive TV drama and it was 13 and a half hours, I think, of television. It took two years to shoot and things like that just don't happen anymore. Um, but my first, um, my first script supervising job, um, was probably when I went freelance when I left Granada and I think it was I think it was an episode of Peak Practice um, and I think um, 
but starting out now is hard and I would say to anybody who wants to start that um do courses if you can and if you can be an assistant or a script supervisor uh, an assistant or a trainee script supervisor then that's the best way to learn be with somebody who has been doing it for a while learn from them and and hopefully work with different script supervisors because we all have a different way of working it's one of those jobs where there isn't a right or, or a wrong um we all do it slightly differently and so you need to work with different people to see which way suits you and every job is different as well i you know i adapt how i work every job every director every director wants different every actor wants different so it's it's hard to, to i think it's a really hard job to get into now mm -hmm. um and there are a lot of a lot of people who go and do maybe a week-long course and then think that they can script supervise and yes they can go on set and they can do the notes but understanding whether something will cut together and being able to give the director the reassurance that they often need whether a scene's covered whether they you know they need more coverage whether they've got the performance which is what a director will often want from you, you that takes you know that that takes experience it, it's not something that just comes um having done um, a short course so it is I think it is a job that you need to practice really and preferably with an experienced script supervisor or two yeah I mean you're talking about how much uh, the industry has changed uh, since you first started but television specifically like the landscape has just evolved so much from what it was just 30 years ago to what it is now like not only are episodes structured different seasons most television shows just have one season it's a completely different pace it's a completely different landscape now what are some things that you have noticed that's changed throughout the past years and how do you feel like that has affected your profession well one of the, the biggest um, changes is um changing from film to digital because mm -hmm. of course all drama was shot on film at one time on location and you there were no monitors you never had a monitor so you knew your lens sizes, which was something that I'd learned from doing documentaries, because when you're doing documentaries, you're on a very small team. And if you've got a generous cameraman, and I was very lucky that I did work with some very good documentary cameramen who also did drama, and they would let me look through the camera and play with the lenses. And look. so I learned all my lens sizes that way. So if you know what lens is on the camera and how far away the actor and everything is, you know what what your shot is and then you talk to the camera operator and say what's your left or right of frame and so you know which bit you needed to concentrate on nowadays of course you've got monitors so you can see all that um, so that that's one of the big differences for a script supervisor i still like to be actually on set i find it much easier to do it in 3d than in 2d you could just see much better you, it, it to me that's that's the way i like to work but um, it's not always possible these days. So that's that's one of the um, the big differences. And also having multi cameras now is um, you know that that's another difference. Just to have because I think two cameras is more or less the norm on TV drama now. Um, I mean I do more, do do more TV than film, so I I can speak 
you know better about TV. Um, and also it, it just the, the number of episodes in in a series or something and that it, it varies sometimes like on Killing Eve series one for instance they wanted the same script supervisor for all eight episodes which obviously was quite hard because we had three directors mm. so one director did the first two episodes then we had a director for three four and five and another director for six seven and eight that's quite hard because you've got three different styles three different ways of working um and you you're the one who has been there the whole way through so you know the story inside out more so than the other than the director sometimes so that's quite an interesting dynamic or can be um but sometimes sometimes they'll have a different script supervisor for each block um and that's if you do the first block obviously that's quite easy um but if you come on in the middle that can be quite hard because the actors got have got used to working with one person who works a certain way and gives them notes in a certain way, and then you come along and do it differently, and they can be quite resistant sometimes. So that's that's um, that's interesting as well. So that's something I've noticed. Um, but basically, the the job is the same. Now, you've worked as a script supervisor on the first season of Killing Eve as well as the second season of Fleabag, both written by the amazing Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Yeah. How was that experience and can you talk about how you got involved in both of them projects? Well, I got involved with Killing Eve because um, the first director, Harry Bradbeer, who directed both seasons of Fleabag, I've been married for 20-something years, so um, I wasn't available for the first season of Fleabag. Um, but he asked me to do Killing Eve and then Phoebe and I hit it off as well and so the second season of Fleabag coincided with the second season of Killing Eve and um, and Harry was directing um, Fleabag so I decided to do Fleabag um, and that it was I mean it's amazing you know she's such a clever woman um, just incredible and well incredible and especially when she's acting as well and still constantly coming up with new ideas but constantly improving 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 um I mean she is a perfectionist Mm -hmm. Uh, but no I really enjoyed working with her and hope that I'll get to work with her again at some point yeah I feel like her the scenes of her work is so dynamic and I actually found a quote from her where she talks about scene work and she says, I always think there should be at least three things going on in one scene at the same time. I think every actor should know that there are three things this person is dealing with. And usually it's like they're having to take lunch or they're having to deal with a hot room or something like that. So how do you work with that, with all the elements that are going on in one scene? Because you have to keep track of that, right? Yeah, you do. And um I don't know it's sort of I suppose it's second nature to me now because I have been doing it for so long but it's just you when when at the state in your prep when you when you're breaking down the script and everything you one of the things I do is think about each scene and what the sort of purpose of that scene is and what the scene is for so therefore when you're on set you know what you should be getting from the scene and I mean, that's, that's really, you know, that's really the director's job. But if you know it as well, you can make sure that you have got all the beats of the scene covered. Um, but it's like the episode one of um, Fleabag, the, 
the table around the table the dinner you know in the mm -hmm. restaurant because any script you provide worst nightmare is a scene around a table <laughs> especially <laughs> you know, there were six people around the table all eating and drinking extremely fast dialogue and the whole basically the whole episode took place around that table so you've got all the eye lines to consider as well um you know making sure that all they those work so that every you've got every single um uh, uh, thing covered so that everybody will look like they're looking at the person they should be looking at um so that that is hard um but it's just i think it's keeping calm <laughs> that's one of the main things about being a supervisor is keeping calm you might be inside you might not be but i think you always got to have a very calm exterior um and you just like we shot the wide shot i think yeah i think we shot the wide shot of the um the table first so of course you've got everybody to watch when they're drinking when they're eating who they're looking at all of that and you have to know all of that but you also have to realize that you can't possibly ever notice all of that so you have to pick the things that are important and notice those and that's that's what I do I'll read the scenes I mean obviously in advance but then the night before I will read the scenes again and think about what's important in them and always the, the thing to watch is the person who's speaking because the chances are that that's the person that will be on screen um but it's it is, it's tricky to know what to watch sometimes and what to look out for. Um, and it's always the, you always get asked the question that you haven't thought of, always. Mm. <laughs> well, there's, you know, whatever you're doing. I, I, the, the lady who trained me, she said that um, one of the first scenes she did was a train. Um, and she'd noticed everything about the train and, and everything. And then um, the next day they came back to do another scene on the train um but the seats were a different color but nobody noticed that the seats were a different color oh nobody nobody and it was only when the next day when they got the rushes report and the editor had said had said the, the seats were a different color and because everybody just assumed it was the same train nobody noticed not the art department not her not the director not even the not the actors nobody what are you doing situation they, like that they had to shoot they had to reshoot yeah. you could probably do something in the grade or with vfx or something you know there's a lot you can do now that's another big change as well the fact that a lot of things can be fixed in post but it's very frustrating for a script supervisor when you point out a continuity error or something and the director says oh yeah we'll fix it later yeah. uh, because nope. <laughs> yeah and there's often not the budget to so that it won't get fixed so just fix it now do another mm. take but that's that's the other thing as well you, know, you you give a con you give a note to the director and say this was wrong and they'll do another take but you know in your heart of hearts that we're going to go with take one because that performance was fantastic take two wasn't and yes the continuity might have been right but who's going to care about that they want to see a good performance so that's you know you just have to accept that so i get very cross with when you read in the, in the papers or see television programmes about bloopers and script supervisors made a mistake, continuity mistakes, because quite often they've been pointed out, but 
the director's chosen to go with the performance or there's something else wrong. So it's very unfair to blame the script supervisor quite often. <laughs> yeah, there's some things that are not just, you know, uh, a small mistake like sometimes you just can't do anything about it I was when I mentioned to my mom that I was uh, going to be talking with you she mentioned that she just watched the movie where they were entering a forest and in the first scene it was like a pine wood forest in the next scene it was a completely different forest <laughs> and that's like obviously not something that just happens on set there was something that happened their way they had to move location and they just for some reason couldn't fix it yeah, but, they, yeah. They, you know, they were doing pickups six months later mm -hmm. <laughs> quite often happens I mean you know you know that that especially on films that happens additional photography can happen six months later mm -hmm. so obviously things change the actors change you know they look very different <laughs> and, but yeah things do change the weather you can't control the weather um you know it's, it's snow it's, <laughs> you can't you just can't control it so you have to let those things go and you know that's somebody else's problem to deal with later um, you just can't lose sleep over it. Easier said than done sometimes though. <laughs> so with this podcast, we love to talk about female representation. So I was wondering with script supervising, what does the team around you look like? What's your experience with female representation on the productions that you've worked on? Um, I think it's much, much more so, but I think because, you know, I've done um, things with, with Phoebe and obviously she likes as many women as possible. And in Ola Holmes, um, we had a um, female producer um, who, so there was the three, Harry, the director, the producer, Ali and myself were very much a team. And, you know, she was very much a driving force behind the film. Um, uh, so I think I think it, it is definitely getting better. I mean, I have I have worked with a few female directors, but not a lot, I have to say. Um, I've, I have worked with a few. Philippa Lothorpe springs to mind, um, but no, I haven't worked with a lot. I tend to work. I tend to work with more male directors. And in terms of script supervising, at one time it was all women, always. Um, and now there are more men doing it, which is great. Um, and some of them want to go on to direct or produce, but a lot of them just want to be script supervisors. And that, you know, that's really good. And it's, you know, that that's a that's a big change. There are a lot. We have a script supervisors association and, in the UK and there are quite a lot of uh, male members now, which is great. Mm. I do have one question more personal to myself. Um, me and Avita are both in university right now and I'm in my last year and I'm looking to gain some experience in the industry before I finish university. How would you advise me to go about finding some professional experience during COVID? Yeah, I'm sure it's, I, I, at the moment, I would say it's probably nigh on impossible because just getting onto a film set is really hard at the moment. You know, there are some productions who are saying that script supervisors aren't um, in the A group, so can't be on set. I mean, I, I wouldn't work on one of those productions because you need to be on set, you, you have to be. 
but for anybody to get on set it's really hard and for, to, for somebody starting out I just don't know how how you would do it at the moment um, which I know isn't isn't very helpful um, but all I would say is join as many of the groups on Facebook and you know any and because people do ask for um, that they, they are doing short films and they, they want people to, to go and help them out um, so I, that's what I would say is try and do try and join as many groups as possible and if you know which way you want to go if you know what what job you want to do try and find a group that specializes in that and see if you can get tra a trainee job I mean certainly in the camera department they always have trainees um, and I think like costume and makeup will, will often have trainees um, but it's it's hard it, it would still be hard to get on on actually on set nowadays you can't have work experience um, but hopefully you know vaccine permitting will uh, that will soon change and you know I I would always have a trainee if I could because I think it's the best way as I've said it's the best way to learn and I I really think people need to learn properly um, and yes you know you're learning that you need but it's not the same as doing it properly you need to be on a, a professional film film shoot so but there's loads of short films being made you know lots of um, people who are ADs or um, lots of other camera camera people want to make their own films so they are always looking for people to help them out with it so you know that's that's the route I would try and go if I were you but it's you need a sort of in in, in the first place which is hard mm -hmm. definitely absolutely now to go on to something a bit more positive <laughs> uh we always do like to ask about women who inspire our guests, whether that's in your personal or professional life, is there anyone you would like to give a shout out to? Uh, well, the for me, it, the woman who trained me, Sue Wilde, who you know you you won't have heard of. She's a script a script supervisor, many years standing, and she was just amazing and taught me so much. So. Um, you know that for me she was she was my inspiration and she funnily enough she was a friend of my mum and dad as well so it was great that she actually got to train me and then at one stage my mum Sue and I all went on holiday <laughs> together and it, you know we became great friends so she she was definitely my my inspiration mm. um, so yeah that's that that's for, for me great now this will be airing on the 2nd of December, which means we've entered the holiday season. Are there any movie recommendations uh, that you would give? Don't have to be holiday specific, but is there anything you would like to tell people to watch? Maybe in Ola um, Holmes, that's okay. <laughs> in Ola Holmes, you got my first co-producer credit. <laughs> So yes, I'd I'd say that if people haven't seen that, watch, watch that. I think because it's a good, it's a feel good movie, you know, mm -hmm. be watching. So that that would be my recommendation. But that's that, um, you know, I suppose I shouldn't really say that because I worked on it. But it's good fun. So it is, it is. Yeah. It's delightful. It's so good that uh, right, like uh, he's getting sued for his performance for the 
what was it like uh, Henry Jill. Cavill because yeah. because he's emotional in some way yeah I, <laughs> uh, strange yeah. things <laughs> I know uh. <laughs> 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 yeah I know because I that was the first email I, I got when you um, said about how I'd transitioned to be a co-producer and um, that I mean that came as a shock to me because I you know I, I was a script supervisor on Enola Holmes and it was only in post-production that they they rang me up and said they were giving me a co-producer's credit because of my input into the film which was it was such an honour and you know I'm it was absolutely delighted by that and um, I mean in fact Ali, who's the producer I spoke about, she she is another inspiration to me, even though she's half my age, but she's such a fantastic producer. Um, and, you know, she was the one who, who really wanted to give me the credit, which is amazing. You know, I was uh, really proud of that. Um, and, and I'm really glad we had the chance to speak to you, especially being a script supervisor and many things you said in this interview I had no idea especially when you said you know you have the chance to speak to every single department I think that would really interest people yeah it is it's, it, that's one of the good things because you know you've got you have um, an input into everything because if because you work out, out the story days so you know um, in fact as a project I'm working on, which I can't really say very much about, but it's it's very complicated and there's a lot of um, sort of flashbacks and lots of different time zones. And it's so complicated to work, you work that out, but then you have to, makeup and costume have to be on board with that because obviously the actors are in different costumes on different story days and have different looks on in different time zones. And so, so you, you have to liaise with them that they're in agreement with, with what you've said. And, um, and then, you know, sometimes somebody will turn up on set and you're like, oh, they're changed. Why are they changed? This should be the same as that. And then you have to have a conversation with the director with the cost costume or with makeup or whatever about that. And so that's, you have to, you have to deal deal with them and then you know the um the director of photography will will ask you what time of day a scene is so whether it's night evening whatever because they they need to know what what sort of lighting they need to do to do um so it is it is you do and then at, at the end of the take i mean it can be quite overwhelming sometimes because at the end of the take you've got your own notes for the actors the director whatever but also you can be inundated with everybody coming to say her hair wasn't right. The co the collar flipped out. Um, the the lighting wasn't right. The focus wasn't right. All of that, and you've got to make a note of all of that to, for the actor, for the editor, so that he knows he or she knows not to use that take mm -hmm. or not to use it for that part. Um, you've got to keep an eye on the dialogue as well. So there is there is so much to do, but it's great because you do talk to everybody in the art department about you know the art department will say can I move something are you likely to use take one I want to move something now because I'm not quite happy how it was in that shot and they'll come to you to say and you know, if if the director's going to use it then you'll say no 
but so it's you know it's it, it is good that you you liaise with everybody yeah and no, I think it's what I love about doing this podcast is we get to talk with everyone because I feel like a lot of people the average viewer kind of just see three roles like the writer director and producer and that's the movie but movie is so collaborative hundreds of people work yeah. on it and script supervising is so essential we've all seen you know those even just commercials where suddenly they have the drink in the different hands and stuff like that it's it's essential to making it flow and keeping the fabric of the movie intact so you don't break it because the minute you observe a mistake it kind of takes you out of it and it's so important um, yeah. it's a pretty underrated profession and and craft is there something you want to say to the people who are not this familiar with it and maybe especially new filmmakers who might undermine the importance of script supervising yeah it's it's a very interesting question that because um i think the directors basically fall into two camps they either really embrace the role of script supervisor or they're not interested and the, and you can't you can't really change that sometimes you know somebody will say oh my god i've never worked with a script supervisor who who's offered me what you, what you do and that's great but um because a lot of directors only think of it as continuity as well or they are so um not focused is the wrong word but they're so clear on what they want mm -hmm. that they'll do it anyway whatever you you say so you know all you can do then is just say well that was wrong or that the lines were wrong or that was wrong and they'll they'll choose to either listen to you or not um but it's i think for for up-and-coming directors i would always say give the script supervisor a chance but again it's hard because an up-and-coming director would most times probably get to work with an inexperienced script supervisor just because of the very nature of what they're working on and so therefore they, they wouldn't necessarily get the uh, the whole experience you know they somebody who could really help them it's not always true because there are a lot of um you know, new script supervisors who are amazing and just get it. And, you know, I'm not trying to say that you've got to have been done doing it for 30 years before you can be any good. I'm not saying that at all. But there are a lot who are very nervous and find it hard to, because they are still learning themselves, find it hard to have the confidence to always speak up. Because it, sometimes it's, it's hard to speak up. You know, it really is, and particularly when it's get it's ten to seven. You know, everybody's in a hurry to wrap, and you something's wrong, and you need to say something's wrong, and you can feel the eyes of the crew on you. Like, why is she saying something? But you've just you've got to. If you really believe something's wrong, or you're not covering something right, or there's something wrong in the script, you've not got a story beat. You have to say it because that's what your job job is, that's what you're there for. Um, and so you have to have the courage of your convictions, but you have to say it succinctly, diplomatically, um, you know, and not undermine a director, because at the end of the day, it's a director's film and you're only there to help. You can only, you can only help. You can't tell them what to do and you shouldn't tell them what to do. It's, you know, you are there to help them. Um, 
that, that's that's what I think. Now, is there anything that you would like? Uh, obviously, everyone go watch Enola Holmes. It's <laughs> yes. Go do that. Um, but is there somewhere people can find you? Is there anything else you would like to promote? Um, not really. No, no, there isn't. Um, I mean, you know, IMDb's. You, uh, you, you can see what I've done. Um, I think probably most of my credits are on there. Um, if you can be bothered crawling back, <laughs> so all that way um but no i it's a job i would say that for anybody who's thinking about being a script supervisor don't even entertain it unless you're absolutely serious about doing it because it's hard it's hard work it's it can be thankless um it can all it can also you know it's not always but it can be a thankless task and you've got to love it because you spend too long doing it every day. But that's the same for any job on a film set. If you don't really want to do it, don't be in the industry. It's, you know, it's not glamorous. It's not glamorous. When you stood out in a muddy field at three o'clock in the morning in the pouring rain, it ain't glamorous, uh, you know. So <laughs> you've really got to want to do the job. Um, and I'm lucky that I've been doing it a long time and I still do and still, um, get enthusiastic about every project I'm doing and I'm also lucky that I'm in a, I'm in a position where I can pick and choose a bit more and so I can choose the projects I do so I can do choose ones that interest me um, which I know is I am fortunate in that a lot of people aren't in that position um, so that that's that's really all, all I would say. Crossing our fingers. Uh, this has been really, really insightful. Uh, so thank you everyone for listening to the 21st episode of Making It Women of Film. If you would like anything more in the meantime, until the next episode, you can go follow us on Instagram at Making It Women of Film, where we post discussions, statistics, recommendations, all that good stuff. Okay.